Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Charger Football Podcast, hosted by Andy Dietrich with Coach Doug Dynan, and this week's special guest is senior cornerback Colin Beeks. The Charger Football Podcast is sponsored by OPS, Optimum Performance Sports, the official sports medicine provider for Carroll High School. Welcome to the fifth episode of the Charger Football Podcast for the 2018 season. My name is Andy Dietrich, and I'm a curriculum coordinator for Northwest Allen County Schools. Later in the podcast, you'll hear from head coach Doug Dynan and senior cornerback and co-captain Colin Beeks. I want to take time to thank our sponsor, Optimum Performance Sports, the official sports medicine provider for Carroll High School Athletics, OPS, Rethink Your Limits. Last Friday night, the Chargers traveled down Coldwater Road to nearby Northrop High School to take on the Bruins in Spoiler Stadium. Since joining the SAC in 2015, the Chargers were 3-0 against the Bruins, with an average margin of victory being over three touchdowns. The 2018 game was not to be in the Chargers' favor, as Northrop prevailed 41-21. Both teams are 2-2 on the season. Last Friday, the Chargers got the football first, and on the second play of the game, wide receiver Camden Childers made a diving catch at the Bruin 34-yard line for this week's OPS Optimum Performance of the Game provided by SummitCitySports.com. Here's Jim Miso with the call. Here's Volt with time, and he looks, he throws one deep out the midfield. Childers, did he catch it? Oh, my goodness! A spectacular diving catch by Camden Childers. We got our top 10 nominee already. 42 yards. And you will not see a better catch this weekend. The drive would stall at the Bruin 33 as Carroll turned it over on downs after quarterback Gavin Vogt was sacked on third down. Led by quarterback Bailey Merzo and running back Jeremiah Green, the Bruins marched down the field to score their first touchdown of the night. Northrop would also score a TD on their second possession to quickly go up 14-0 after the first quarter. The Chargers were finally able to break through on their third drive of the game with a 10-yard TD pass from Vogt to Leighton Mitchell to make the score 14-7. Vogt rolling, looking, throwing! Touchdown! Give that man six points, Leighton Mitchell. Vote through a laser, and Mitchell hauled it in for a 10-yard touchdown pass. Carroll is on the board. Unfortunately, Northrop was able to score another touchdown on the ensuing drive to extend their lead to 20-7. Northrop scored a touchdown on all three of their first half possessions. The Chargers were able to answer the third Northrop touchdown with one of their own to close out the first half on a good note. With just 17 seconds left in the half, Vote hit Childers for a five-yard TD pass to make the halftime score 20-14 in favor of the Bruins. Third and goal. Vote has time. Throws to the end zone. Touchdown! Give that man six points. And guess who it was? One guess, Camden Childers. The vote, the Childers hookup works again. Their first touchdown connection of the night. Although the third quarter started off well with the Charger defense stopping Northrop for the first time in the game, the Chargers couldn't capitalize due to committing two turnovers and having a punt block deep in Bruin territory 
all in the third quarter. Northrop was able to capitalize on two of the three miscues to take a commanding 34-14 lead. The Chargers ran only eight offensive plays in quarter number three. Forced to embark on a tremendous rally, the Chargers answered the call with a 24-yard vote to Nathan Hare, a touchdown pass to get within 34-21. And vote to the air, under a rush again. Throws from the far side, has a receiver open at the 15, down to the 10, down to the 5, into the end zone! Give that man six points! Nathan Hara. Hara with the touchdown reception, 24 yards. This game is not over, folks. It is far from being over. However, a long kickoff return by Northrop brought the football all the way down to the Chargers' 24-yard line, and five plays later, Northrop scored their final touchdown to put the game away at 41-21. Statistically, Carroll was able to gain 334 total yards. Vote was 20 of 37 for 278 yards and one interception and the three touchdowns. The state's leading receiver, Camden Childers, caught six passes for 102 yards and one TD. Nathan Hara had six catches for 87 yards and a TD. On defense, Lincoln Lance had a game-high 14 tackles. Next week, the Chargers host the undefeated Bishop Dwinger Saints, who will have revenge on their minds after losing to Carroll in last year's classic back-and-forth game. And now, let's hear from head coach Doug Dynan. Hello, Coach Dynan. How's the weekend been? Uh, the weekend was was good. You know, looking at our you know our previous week and you know our loss to Northrop and in preparation for Dwenger. I mean, it's you know the the routine of the week is comfortable in terms of you know grading film and looking at every play that every player has played and, and evaluating their performance and you know looking for positives and areas that need to be improved on. Um, and then you move on to the next opponent and you look on, you know, what they do offensively and defensively and, you, you know, compare the scheme that you're using and you try and find things that, that you think are going to be successful in offensive and defensive schemes that, that we are, you know, comfortable with and understand and that will be beneficial to us against the opponent. So, so it's always good. It's always good to move on, you know, regardless if it's a win or a loss. Good to move on from, from that previous week. You know, what's good about football is it's got this weekly rhythm to it where you have to basically forget the Friday night game and prepare for the next Friday's game pretty quickly. You only get about a 24-hour period to kind of lick your wounds or celebrate your victory before you got to move on to the, to the new opponent. So that part is good. Friday night's loss, you know, again – Kids played reasonably well. There was just some uncharacteristic mistakes that this team didn't make in the first three games. You know, for for example, on the first drive of the game, we're marching the ball down well. I mean, Camden Childers makes another great catch, but then we, we just it stalls and we turn it over on down. Northern gets the ball back, and then they march it right down for a touchdown, which is not uncommon because sometimes the you know the two defenses are feeling each other out. So you would expect this team to have answered that Northrop touchdown with a touchdown of their own. And for the first time this year, they, they didn't. But later in the half, they were able to score right before halftime to make it 20-14. to 14. Coming into halftime, I bet you felt reasonably good considering it didn't necessarily play that well in the first half. Well, your, your assessment of the first half is, is right on the mark, um, 
know, we had we had opportunities, you know, including one of the one of the first plays within the first series is a deep ball to Camden Childers, which he makes a diving catch, a tremendous catch. You know, however, if you, if you hit him on stride and we don't overthrow him a little bit, you know, there's there's an immediate score. And, you know, does that does that change the, the complexion of the game? You know, we'll, we'll never know. But we don't capitalize and we don't score on that drive. But the first half, the first half was – you know, uh, kind of a microcosm of, of the week. You know, we, we played flat, we practiced flat. Um, we had, we had turnovers, we had, you know, um, opportunities that we didn't capitalize in. We didn't control the line of scrimmage on these side, either side of the ball. We've been successful running the first, running the football in previous weeks. And, and we did not do that well. You know, and, and our timing on our pass game was was not as efficient and proficient as it had been in the past as well. So, you know, going in at halftime at twenty four at twenty to fourteen, and and even maintaining that, you know, moving on to the second half, maintaining that twenty to fourteen deficit in the third quarter, we had two possessions, two possessions, and back to back possessions, we turned the ball over, we have an, an interception. We have a fumble after a, a big catch and run by Nathan Hera. And then we turn that we, – we have our third possession where we had a block punt, and we were still in position to to be able to capitalize and, and regain momentum and, and potentially even take the lead. You know, but, but again, you know, we, we didn't do the things that we had done in previous weeks. We did not take care of the football. We, we, we did not play special teams – you know, as well as we had in the past, we didn't control the line scrimmage. We didn't stop the run. Um, so, you know, those things are going to get you. I mean, it's very cliched, but uh, the, the team that does those things the best is the team that's going to be successful. And Northwood played a better game than we did. They were more physical up front. And they attacked the edge better. You know, they completed some intermediate passes that were successful to them and, and, and they, they created turnovers and created takeaways. And so, you know, consequently, they win the game. OPS, Optimum Performance Sports, is the official sports medicine provider of Carroll High School. From diagnosing, repairing, and rehabbing injuries to pushing yourself to the limit on the playing field by utilizing cutting-edge training programs, Optimum Performance Sports is proud to be a partner with Charger Athletics and the Carroll community. For more information, visit www.optimumperformancesports.com. OPS, rethink your limits. All right, welcome back. Uh, today's special player profile is senior defensive back and co-captain Colin Beeks. Colin, welcome to the show. It's good to be on. Thank you. As part of the senior class, you are part of the last group of students that I had when I was a classroom teacher. And it's been quite enjoyable to watch you guys grow from your freshman year to your senior year. And you show some similarities with uh, last week's guest, Nathan Hara. As, as a freshman, as a sophomore, you and Nathan didn't play much. But as a junior, you got some playing time. And then now as seniors, and even later in your junior year, you guys became integral parts of the team. Tell us about your journey from a freshman to where you are now. Freshman year. Well, I, I've played football my whole life. I love it. But freshman year, I was I was not that good. But 
every year I've gotten better and obviously that's how it should be. And this year I've put it all together and I think pretty decent player at this point. But freshman year was not too good to me. What I like about you is um, I remember watching your freshman year and you didn't play much and I had you in class and you know we and you and I would talk football some, but when I was at the games, I just didn't see you play much. You know, I always want to see the kids in my class play. And I don't, I don't care how good they are. I want to see them get them on the field. So I feel for you on that. But as I was a JV player as a sophomore and still some as a, as a junior, you got more and more player playing time, and it started on special teams. So what about special teams brings out that kind of aggressiveness in you? A lot of people don't think special teams like is as important as like offense, defense, but it really plays a huge part in the game in a lot of games. I don't know what the percentage is, but in like there's a, per- a high percentage in like 90% of games where there's a, block, a blocked kick, that team wins. And it just shows how like important special teams can be. I think it's a way to make a name for yourself on the team too. Yeah, absolutely. I can remember a number of punt returns and kickoff returns by our opponent where you came down and made a big tackle. And what's what's great about those is tackling that runner is kind of out in the open and seeing a good tackle by Colin Meeks kind of gets the, the defense fired up. Yeah, I mean, it just it sets up our defense for that next possession. So it's just like another defensive play. And tackles on uh, kickoffs and punt returns are pretty difficult to make. So when you make a good tackle on that, it's really – it really means something. We're four games into the season, and even with a tough loss last Friday night, in general, the team has played very well. How would you assess the play of yourself and your teammates, both on defense and on offense so far? Well, every every day we just focus on getting better in our craft and just working to understand scheme better and just improve every single day. What has been the thing that you've most improved at so far this season? I think my just like my recognition of different things on the field, like watching film helps a lot, like a lot. Because if you watch a bunch of film, as the play starts, you can like remember like what you've watched and it just makes you play a lot faster and you just recognize things a lot more and put yourself in the right position to make a play. Uh, Micah Fretz, who we interviewed earlier in the season, he said the same thing about film work and how much film he's he watches. And he's given us the sense that he actually really enjoys it. I'm assuming probably as a freshman and a JV player, you guys didn't watch as much film, but as a junior, as a senior, you probably have watched more. Have you, have you learned how to be better at watching film over the last two years? I mean, yeah, I think so. There's just like certain things you can pick up about your opponent, like different things that they do that tips off like a certain play that they're going to run. Or, I mean, there's just different things that you can notice in film that can help you perform better on the field. Have you already started your film work for the Dwinger game? Well, even sometimes on Friday nights, our film, our film goes up for the other team after our game Friday before. So some guys even end up watching it right after our game. On uh, Saturdays, we get up. And we go in to, for injury check at 8 in the morning. And while we're doing that, coaches watch film and break it down. And then Saturday, Sunday, guys on the team just watch that film, break the other team down, 
break down their performance from the game before, things they can improve on, things they need to work on, stuff like that. And then Monday and Tuesday as a team, we watch film together after practice. So when you first start looking at the Friday night game film on Saturday and Sunday, are you trying to evaluate yourself first or are you starting to prepare for the next opponent? I think I start to look at myself first, improvements that I can make just in my play from the game before so I can learn from my mistakes and also see things that I did well. So see the things that I need to keep doing and and then you dive into the other opponent and what you need to do to stop the things they're doing. That's good. I never really thought about also focusing on what you do well because they're both equal. I mean, every athlete's going to do some things poorly occasionally, but they're also going to do a lot of things well. And I, and I like how you acknowledge what you've done well. So let's speak about the things that we've done well. We've played pretty well outside of last Friday night where we, you know, we just didn't quite play as well as we could. But I wouldn't necessarily say that we played terrible. You know, credit to Northrop. They played very, very well. And we would have had to have played at a super high level to beat them on that night. But in general, the defense has played really well. What What's the one or two things that you think your squad has done the best to put you in this position? I think we just believe in each other. We Every play, we believe that the other dude right right next to us is going to do their job. And it just we just have a trust that we're going to get the job done and we're going to do it together. Next Friday, the Bishop Dwinger Saints are coming into town. And uh, they are the only undefeated team in the SAC so far. Last year's game was such a classic and fun to play in. What are you looking forward to with this coming Friday's game? I actually think right now they're ranked number one in the state and number one in 4A, 3A. But... That, it's just going to be a great challenge. We really look forward to it, as we did Snyder, and we love the challenge. I think our home games are a lot of fun because it feels like a community-wide event. I mean, uh, obviously the marching band's there, and all the cheerleaders are there, and the stands are full, and the Neon Nation is there. and But you're also getting the middle school kids coming, and moms and dads and grandpas and grandmas are coming. I only get to be up in the stands in a press box. I'm not on the field. What is it like to be on the field starting for the Chargers on a Friday night home game? It's it's crazy. <laughs> it's loud, very loud. It's just amazing that all those people are out there just to watch your team and just support you in what you're doing every night. Every Friday night. Losses are no fun, but even if you would happen to lose a home game, just knowing all those people are there to support you, that's got to feel kind of comforting. Yeah, I mean, I hate losing. I take every loss to heart, and it just kills me to lose. But the support we get is outstanding, and I, I think it helps a little bit that we have that behind us. What has it meant to you? What has the Carroll football program meant to you? It's taught me some important like life values and I think that's the main goal of the program is to prepare us for life after football life outside of high school and just to make us better men and I think that's what I've taken from it I've also made very good friends in the program who has been your favorite coach on the coaching staff I'm gonna have to go with my DB coach uh, coach Fricky. he came in my sophomore year and 
he's just he's just a fun guy and he truly cares about every single one of the players and he's just he's just a good guy and makes it enjoyable to be out of practice every day so what about coach fricky just really makes you uh like being around him does he do is there some kind of quirk about him that just puts a smile on your face the middle of my sophomore year i think or maybe it was junior year but we used to have like one-on-ones or we still do but we have one-on-ones between like dbs and receivers in practice and there's this one time the receiver was like caught the ball and on one of our dbs and he's he was just like no way and like that's just like how his voice sounds and just the way he said it was hilarious and he just kept it was just something he always said and we all the guys made fun of him and just it's it's just one of those things it was like his thing we still do it to this day so is there a a teammate on the defense who can just kind of pull you guys out of the doldrums and, and get you back on focus? I'd probably have to say Micah, Micah Fretz. Micah can be kind of goofy sometimes and just, but he also understands that we need to get the job done. All right. So who is, uh, besides yourself, obviously, I mean, you've been named a captain, which has got to feel uh, real important and, and quite an honor. So besides yourself and, and Micah, of course, because he is a leader, who is another kind of unsung or unknown leader on the defense? Terrell Griffin is, I wouldn't say he's like an unknown leader, but he is another one. Like there's the captains, obviously. And then Terrell Griffin is also a very good leader on our defense. So you mentioned earlier that as a freshman, you just weren't very good. And now as a senior, you're named a captain. What does that transformation mean to you? It actually means the world to me. I actually, after my freshman year, I thought about stopping playing football because I just wasn't having fun anymore. But I kept with it, and now here I am. I've worked, I worked my butt off, and now we're here, and it's amazing. So, Colin, now that you're a senior, uh, you'll be graduating a, a little bit later in the school year. So what are your plans once you're a graduate of Carroll High School? I'm thinking about going to the University of St. Francis here in town, and I want to major in exercise science. So once you get that degree, what's your plan? With a degree in exercise science, there's multiple things that I could potentially do with it. Like I could become an athletic trainer, like I could work to that. I could also become like a CSCS, a certified strength and conditioning coach or specialist. Sorry. And I could also become like a personal trainer or I could ha- I could have like a performance coach job at like OPS, something like that. That seems to be the perfect job for you. Colin, you know, as I said earlier, you're one of the group of kids that I had as a, as a classroom teacher, one of the last groups. And it's been it's been an absolute pleasure watching you guys grow as a football player and you in particular. And uh, I'm going to be sad when this season is over because your group of kids are, are they're important to me. And it's, it's glad that I've, I've seen you guys do so well. And I'm really looking forward to the rest of the season. So thanks for being on the show and thanks for sharing stuff with us. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. OPS, Optimum Performance Sports, is the official sports medicine provider of Carroll High School. From diagnosing, repairing, and rehabbing injuries to pushing yourself to the limit on the playing field by utilizing cutting-edge training programs, 
Optimum Performance Sports is proud to be a partner with Charger Athletics and the Carroll community. For more information, visit www.optimumperformancesports.com. OPS, rethink your limits. Let's move on and let's talk about the Bishop Dwinger Saints coming to our to our stadium. The Saints are currently undefeated, and if I can remember right, they were the only undefeated team in our conference. And last year at Zollner Stadium, that was a great football game. If I can remember, we got down a couple touchdowns right away and then came back, and the game was back and forth. And on the last play of the game, Jack Tranquil stones the guy right at like the two-yard line to preserve the victory. What I mean, that was a great physical game, and I sh- I'm sure that the Saints are going to be coming into, the, into Carroll High School with revenge on their mind. Oh, without question. I mean, you know, the, you know, in the past couple of years, you know, we've had the fortune to, to, to beat Dwanger once at home and once at their place. And, and obviously they're not going to overlook. I mean, they're not going to be looking by. They're not going to have, you know, overconfidence in their eyes. You know, they're going to be well prepared. They're, they're a good football team. You know, they're, they're well coached. You know, Jason Garrett, new coach there. I've known Jason for a long time and, and he's a tremendous man, tremendous human being. Um, very spiritual guy, and and their preparation is going to be extremely high, you know, and and it it's going to boil down to the same things offensively. You know, they like to run the football. He's he's an offensive line coach. He wants to run the football first, and 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 they're going to be able to do that. You know, they've got a couple of good backs, um, and their offensive line is extremely strong. Um, Joe Tipman is a Division One guy. He's a senior offensive lineman, big guy, about 300 pounds. And they're going to want to run behind him as much as possible. Control the ball, control the line of scrimmage, control possession, control the clock. You know, that's going to be kind of their M.O. Um, you know, defensively, they're, they're by far the best defensive team that we've played all year long. Um, they run the field very well. Um, they have... Three linebackers that play extremely well, you know, in inside. Uh, Tavion McGarry, number 30, plays inside linebacker. Outside linebackers, um, Hayden Ellinger. Hayden happened to be the, the running back that, that Jack t- tackled short, just short of the line of scrimmage last year. And uh, T.J. Tipman, number 25, is, a, is a, also a, a good player, you know, a, a linebacker for him, safety. And, you know, we've got to control the line scrimmage on the offensive side. We've got to be able to throw the ball. We've got to be able to be efficient running the football. And, you know, it's, it's much of the same equation. You know, we've got to be better. We've got to practice better. We've got to control the ball. We've got to be able to, you know, play better special teams than we did in the previous week. But, uh, you know, as you said, again, the equation isn't difficult. You know, it's, it's the preparation throughout the week. That puts you in the frame of mind to be ready for a Friday night. We'll be better this Friday night than we were last Friday night. I promise you that. Well, the good thing for your boys is, you know, even though they had a loss last Friday night, there's a really big game coming up this week, and there'll be a huge crowd at our stadium. And I think you're going to be able to get much better focus out of the kids this week in practice. So all I can say, Coach, is coach them up and let's get them ready for the Saints for next Friday night. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's it's always great to play at home, you know, and having Dwinger at home, you know, it's a, you know, I don't know if it's a huge advantage, but it's obviously a home field advantage and we feel it's a, a great opportunity for us. And, 
you know, having our crowd there. And, and you're right that it, it's, it's easier to prepare for a big opponent, you know, whether that be Snyder, Dwinger or Homestead or any of those teams, you know, but, you know, if you, if you desire to compete for a conference championship, you've got to be up every week, you know, and you know, we can't have flat weeks and down weeks. And, and without question, our kids play hard. They really do. You know, our kids played hard against Northrop. I mean, they played better than we did, you know. And, and again, I'm not going to attribute the lack of performance to injuries and sickness and, and whatever it is. But, you know, we, we did not rise to the level of what we were capable of doing in previous weeks. And, uh, and it showed. And this week, again, with, with a big opponent, you know, Dwinger being undefeated in the conference. And as you said, they're the only undefeated team. You know, we, we've got to play to a higher level. We've got to show a level of physicality that we have shown before that we're capable of playing. And uh, both offensively and defensively, we've got to be prepared. We've talked about before of how high school athletics are really prepared you for life. And, you know, every loss, there's lessons to be learned from that. And I think the biggest lesson is one that you just talked about. This league is so strong, and especially this year where the league seems to be so balanced where every team is competitive. Um, it's very important, I think, this season in particular, is you've got to be able to bring it every single week. You cannot take a week off. And, and that's so true. I mean, it, you can go week to week from, you know, as we pointed out, some of the, the big key players, you know, Snyder and Dwanger and Homestead. But, you know, you can't overlook Northrop. You can't overlook Concordia. You can't overlook Wayne. You know, all those all those programs, you know, have talented athletes and players. But you, you point out a key thing that, that I talk to our players about after the game, and and that is that we will always get as our works deserve. You know, if, if we work hard, you're usually going to get rewarded, you know, by, by, you know, positive success. Not, not always. There's no guarantee to that. But the, the outcome – is going to be dictated by how hard we work and our response. And, you know, and if we, if we want better outcomes, we want bigger outcomes, we've got to have bigger, you know, bigger responses. We've got to have bigger work ethic. We've got to have better performance throughout the week. And, and that's, that's the, the, the whole, you know, platform of life. That is the whole, you know, if, if we said, if, if there is a, a secret to anything, you know, if, if there's a process to anything, you know, if there's a system to anything, it, it is very simply that you, your outcome is going to be determined by the work and the results and the, the response that you put in. And, you know, and, and, and that, that was, you know, exemplified, you know, that was magnified on Friday night. You know, we had opportunities. We've got situations. We didn't capitalize on those situations. You know, consequently, we're not successful in the end. Yeah, and you know your your leadership mantra is event plus response equals outcome, and the event was a loss to an opponent that we've done really well against in previous years, and so hopefully our response is a great week of practice, and then next Friday we have a much better outcome. Well, Coach, great talking to you again. Have an awesome week of practice, and let's go take on those Saints next week. All right, Andy. Thanks very much. Appreciate your time and your commitment to the, to the Chargers and everything that you do. We would like to thank our athletic trainers, Steve Lubyhusen, Michaela Hoffman, and Jordan Redding, 
who along with OPS and the doctors of Fort Wayne Orthopedics provide all the sports medicine services for Northwest Allen County Schools. Go where the Chargers go. All right, well, gosh darn it, you guys were supposed to score 50 points on my birthday. I was really, I was really looking forward to putting a blurb in with that. So, hey, I'll have to share you some of my pictures from the 80s that my lovely sister was happy enough to give me. There's a good mullet involved in that. So, oh, did you have a mullet perfect. back in the 80s? No, sir, I did not. Thank goodness. I, did not. I was probably one of the few that still had short hair. But. That's funny. So, all right. Good talk with you again. I'll see you tomorrow. Yep. Bye-bye. See you. Bye.